You are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Giants. Today is Thursday, June 7, 2018. I am Patricia Trena, right for Inside Football, The Athletic, Forbes, Big Blue View, and a bunch of other places. And I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. And actually, for today's show, we're going to do something a little bit different as far as the format goes. What we've done is we have devoted today as a Twitter Thursday in that we have asked you, our listeners, to submit your burning New York Giants questions to us to answer. But instead of answering them together like we normally do, in which a lot of times Ed and I end up agreeing or disagreeing or whatnot, what we're going to do is we're going to answer the questions separately. So by that I mean I'm going to answer all the questions first. So this way Ed doesn't hear my answers, I don't hear his answers, and hopefully that will give you a little bit richer experience as far as information goes. So without any further ado, I'm going to start, and I've got a list of questions here, some really great questions submitted by uh, by you, the listeners. And uh, we'll just go down the list here, and I'll give you my two cents. All right, so this first question is from Twitter user Rob Jigga, J-I-G-G-A, who asks, as far as the cornerback depth goes, who do you guys have as starters, team two, and last, uh, Jackrabbit Apple starters? uh, Okay, I think what he's asking me is, who do we have as starters and backups? Um, Great question, Rob. Um, As you know, the cornerback situation, really not set in stone as far as, you know, the depth. I think, you know, you have uh, Janoris Jenkins is going to be a starter. I think Eli Apple is going to be a starter. I believe the nickelback is going to be William Gay. Um, as far as the backups go, you know, the fourth and fifth guys, that I don't know. I, I would say at this point, you know, we've seen Curtis Riley uh, get some snaps. He can play um, – he can play both the uh, cornerback and safety. Um, we've seen Dante Dion. He's certainly not out of the picture. Um, so th- there's just – right now it's kind of hard to say because we're still kind of early into the process, but um, certainly that is a battle we'll all be watching uh, as we get into training camp and um, as we start seeing, you know, these guys being allowed to do press coverage and all that good stuff. So thanks for the question. And uh, let's see, moving on, this is from uh, Gunny Tommy Left, at Gunny Tommy Left, who wants to know how will Pat Shermer deploy the offense with an aging quarterback and an average at best offensive line? Okay, um, I think it might be a little too premature to, to classify the offensive line as average at best. We haven't seen the offensive line in pads in uh, the new blocking scheme with the new technique applied. I, I, I just think that's a little unfair to, to base opinions on the offensive line and how they're going to be based on how it was last year. Um, so I, I think the offensive line is going to be much, much improved. You know, it's a brand new line as far as the starters that are going to be there. I mean, you're talking five new starters at different positions 
that weren't there last opening day, Nate Solder, uh, Will Hernandez, who used to be at left guard. At center, it's either going to be Brett Jones or John Jalapio. Sorry, Jal- Jalapio, I keep forgetting. Um, at right guard, you're probably looking at um, uh, Patrick Omame. And at right tackle, you're looking possibly at Eric Flowers. So remains to be seen how that line is coming together, but I think it's going to be, you know, I think it's going to be a, a solid line once, it, once they start putting on the pads and hitting. Um, as far as an aging quarterback, that being Eli Manning, look, last year, you know, I've said this many, many times, and I will say this again, you can't really judge Eli Manning solely based on last year. I mean, yes, he, he needed to play better. But he didn't have a running game. He lost his receivers. He had a, you know, a Swiss cheese offensive line. I don't think you could really get a good sense of what he brought to the table. So now with that said, the Giants really put an emphasis on the running game. You know, they drafted Saquon Barkley. They added Jonathan Stewart. Um, Wayne Gallman is back in the mix. They added additional tight ends. Uh, to the to the equation, they upgraded the offensive line, like I said. So, I really believe the running game is going to be Eli Manning's best friend because, as I have written before uh, for Forbes and also for the Athletic, Eli has been asked to throw the ball close to 600 times in I think three of the last four seasons, and that's a lot for a guy who's getting up there in age. So, I think as this year goes, you're going to see a better balance between the run and the pass. And, uh, you know, it, it's just going to be, you know, that running game is just going to be Eli Manning's best friend uh, outside of his offensive line. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that's deployed, and I think the offense is going to be much more efficient this year. Okay, next question is, let's see. Uh, oh, just a shout-out to... Just a shout-out to um, Madden is Life 13. He also asked uh, the same question as Rob did prior about, you know, the uh, secondary, the cornerback situation. So we've covered that one. Uh, next question is from Burns underscore 88, who wants to know, honest expectations for Eli this year. Does he have a 4,500-yard, 30-touchdown 30, 30 season left? You know what, at this point, sure, why not? Anything goes. I mean, it's, it's the springtime. Everybody's healthy. The optimism is there. It's, it's, you know, even though Pat Shermer was an offensive coordinator last year with, for the Vikings and people were able to get a, a, a sense of what his offense is going to look like, you know, different personnel. He didn't have an Odell Beckham Jr. He didn't necessarily have, you know, a, a running back like a Saquon Barkley. Um, so I really think that the offense is going to be much, much improved uh, over what it was last year. I mean, as far as Eli throwing for 4,500 yards, that might be stretching it. I do think he has a 4,000-yard season in him. Um, I don't know. I, I think 4,500 is, is, is high. 30 touchdowns, um, again, I don't think that's out of the question, but I think, as I said before, you're going to see more of a balance between the running game and the passing game. And uh, as we all know, the running game just didn't carry its weight the last few years uh, as far as scoring, as far as moving the chains and whatnot. So um, looking forward to big things out of Eli Manning and the offense. Okay, next question is from Zach... Uh, I hope I pronounced this correctly, Smilowitz, 
hope I pronounced that correct. Um, so he asks, I know you touched on this, but how will the linebacker rotation work? Vernon on the end, I know, is a lock. What else? Okay, so I guess you know, from a starting linebacker perspective in the 3-4, your outside guys are probably going to be Kareem Martin and Olivier Vernon. Your inside guys are going to be um, B.J. Goodson and Alec Ogletree. I do think in certain packages you are going to see a lot of Lorenzo Carter as an outside linebacker. Um, we're still kind of getting a feel for what the packages are. And, and really, you know, as I tell fans, this time of year is a time for the coaches to experiment. So not all of what we are seeing now will necessarily make the cut as far as, you know, when we get to training camp. And similarly, you know, over the break, James Betcher, the defensive quarter coordinator, might be sitting in his office and have a totally new idea that we haven't seen yet. But um, as far as the linebackers, like I said, I think that's going to be your starting four. But I do think you're going to see a lot of Lorenzo Carter in there, um, some other outside linebackers uh, or, or defensive ends who are making the, the switch to outside linebacker include Avery Moss, who hasn't been able to work this spring due to an injury. Um, you're going to see uh, maybe uh, Kerry Wynn in there on, on some occasions. So, um, you know, a lot of uh, interesting play. I think your inside backups right now are Mark Herslick and Calvin Munson. So we will see, you know, whether or not they, those guys hang on to their roster spots and just how it all shakes out. Okay, next question came to us via email from Dylan Stoss, S-T-O-S, who wants to know about Sam Beal, who is a defensive back who has uh, apparently declared for the upcoming supplemental draft, which takes place, I believe, in July, early July. And uh, he's one of, I believe, three guys who have declared for that supplemental draft. And, um, you know, he wants to know if it would be a good idea to explore drafting him depending on how it works. Well, first let me explain to you how the supplemental draft works for those you know, who don't remember. If you exercise a pick in the supplemental draft, you are now forfeiting that equivalent pick in next year's, next spring's draft. So in other words, if you spend a third round draft pick on a supplemental draft pick, you now forfeit your third-round pick in the 2019 draft, which is why a lot of times you don't see guys that enter the supplemental draft get drafted because the thinking is, is you know, if you really want the guy bad enough, yeah, then you, you, you extend and you, you spend a draft pick on him. But a lot of times the thinking is, is you know, these guys go undrafted, they become free agents, and then you just compete for their services if you really want them. And this way you don't necessarily lose a draft pick. So I do think um, it would be a, a shock to me if the Giants spend a supplemental pick on, on anybody in this, in this draft. And again, I think there's just three guys that have declared at this point. But, um, you know, this is a new regime. We're still kind of learning about how Dave Gettleman approaches the draft, how he approaches roster building. But I just think from a, from a you know, from a common sense perspective, I, I don't think they're going to spend the pick in the supplemental draft and then forfeit a pick, like I said, uh, in next spring's draft. So thanks for that question, 
uh, Dylan. All right, next question is from Peter Moller, all the way down from uh, Australia, I believe. Yep, Australia. He writes to us via email, wants to know about James Betcher's scheme and inside linebackers. So let's see. Um, he asked about personnel. Ogletree and, and B.J. Goodson, who, you know, I, as I said in the previous answer, answer a couple answers ago, that uh, they're going to be inside linebackers. But he also wants to know, uh, this being Peter, wants to know, comparing to Arizona's scheme last year, Ogletree seems to have a similar cool toolkit to Carlos Dansby, but Goodson is very different than the role that Dion Buchanan played at the moneymaker position. Is it likely that Betcher's scheme is evolving as it seems? I believe B.J. Goodson did mention taking on O-Lyman in one of his interviews. This is something Buchanan didn't do in Arizona. Not much has been made on the inside linebacker depth with Herzlick, Munson, Grant, Armstrong, etc. Other than perhaps Armstrong, they don't seem to fit the mold of the moneymaker role that Betcher had in Arizona. Do you have any thoughts? All right, so basically he's asking about that moneymaker role that um, Buchanan played in Arizona. And if I remember correctly, I think Buchanan was also like a hybrid safety linebacker. And I think if you're talking about that moneymaker role, if, if I had to guess based on, you know, what I know about the players, what I have seen, I think Landon Collins might be the guy who is going to maybe step into that role. I mean, you know, now Landon Collins is a safety, I understand that, but he is really at his best when he is coming downhill. And, and you know, you, you kind of think back to, to how the um, defense is kind of evolving around the league, and you want to have a guy who's good in coverage but who can also come up and play the run. And I think Landon Collins probably fits that role a little bit better than B.J. Goodson. Now, B.J. Goodson, last year, when asked to drop into coverage, he wasn't horrible. I don't think he embarrassed himself. But, you know, also remember, he was injured a lot. So we really didn't get as good of a look at him in coverage as maybe we would have liked. Again, it's a brand-new scheme, but I would say, you know, if I had to guess, Landon Collins is probably going to play that Dion uh, Buchanan role uh, in certain situations. So I hope that uh, that answers your question. Uh, Peter, thank you so much for taking the time to write. All right, um, next question, also received via email, is from George Billick, who wants to know, oh, this is a good one, how does Davis Webb compare so far to what you have seen to Ryan Asib? I'm guessing because of the general vibes, Kyle Walletta would be another comparison, but it's too early. Yeah, it is kind of early to compare Kyle Walletta at this stage of the game. You know, this is a kid who is still kind of feeling his way around. Um, so let's give him an opportunity to kind of grasp the offense, to get comfortable with anything they're asking him to change as far as his throwing motion, and then we'll be able to revisit that and make the, a comparison maybe, I don't know, at, later on in training camp or next year. But to get back to your question, George, about Davis Webb comparing to Ryan Nassib, um, what I remember about Nassib is that um, – before his, he, he kind of slid down the hill in his final year with the Giants, the year prior, he actually had had a strong camp and looked, you know, promising. Now, um, he then came in the following year and just, I thought he took, 
he, he was too antsy. He just seemed to me like he always wanted to take off and run with the ball rather than let things develop. I watched Davis Webb, and I don't see that in Davis Webb right now. I see a guy who's willing to be patient in the pocket, who is willing to let things develop, and if they break down, and only if they break down, does he decide to you know take off and try and extend the play. So I, I think Davis Webb has a better feel for the position at this, this stage of the game. Um, he's definitely confident. I see a lot of improvement in his throwing motion, in his decision-making. Um, I'm absolutely amazed at how he's able to throw the ball with such accuracy across his body while on the move. That's very difficult, I know, for a lot of quarterbacks, but um, you can really see that the work Davis Webb has done over the offseason. Um, he trained with Tony Rassiopi over at uh, Test Performance Center, and you can really see that the work he has done in the offseason has paid off. So I am looking forward to seeing him getting some live reps. I'm sure he will get a lot of them in the preseason. And uh, really that's where we're going to tell for sure just how far he has come because, look, I mean, everybody looks good at practice right now. Um, but, you know, throw a blitz in front of a quarterback and force him to make faster decisions, and it's a whole different ballgame. So we will see how that comes out. And then last but not uh, I'm sorry, two more questions. Um, one is from Kyle P14, wants to know how uh, Sean Chandler, a defensive back Sean Chandler, who is an undrafted free agent from Temple, I believe, how has he looked at uh, OTAs? And um, Kyle, I'm going to be honest with you. He hasn't jumped out at me to where I've written his, his number down in my notebook. Just so you know, the way I approach uh, the OTAs, I don't really look at the roster sheet. I write numbers down, jersey numbers down, so this way I'm not you know, purposely looking for a guy. I'm, I'm just kind of letting it come to me organically, and then when I go back and I write the practice reports, then I look at you know, who the names are and, and how many times I wrote down a guy's number and what he did and so on and so forth. But I can't honestly say I've seen a lot from Sean Chandler. Now, I will also, um, there's an asterisk to that. Sometimes the vantage point the media gets isn't always the best in that the action will sometimes take place further away, you know, on a far end of the field from where the media is, is allowed to stand. So we can't always see stuff, especially if we have um, a group of bodies in front of us blocking the view. So um, Sean Chandler is a guy that I know Pat Shermer spoke about. He was asked about him, and he spoke highly of. And, and really, we're going to be able to tell a lot more about him, I think, come training camp. So hold on to that question for when we next do, um, you know, when we get closer to training camp and we do a, a, a Twitter, whether it be a Twitter Tuesday or a Twitter Thursday, and certainly Ed and I will be able to give you a little bit more information at that point. Our final question, final question uh, is from email, comes from Eric Warden, who wants to know, let's see, um, he's asking about Eli. I have full faith that Eli will have a bounce back year under the new offense and talent upgrade, but say he doesn't and the Giants are struggling. If you are in charge of the depth chart, at what point do you start thinking about looking at these younger guys? All right, so in other words, at what point do I say, okay, Eli, you're going to take a, a seat? And you know what? That's kind of a tough question to answer, and I'll tell you why, Eric, because 
it depends on the circumstances. And I go back to last year. And it was clear that Eli was struggling. But you know what? The whole team was. Like I said before, you know, the offensive line was inconsistent. There was no running game. He lost all his receivers. So you have to look at the reasons why that Eli might be struggling before you make a decision. Do you say to yourself, you know, gee, you know, his protection is, is spot on. You know, his receivers are healthy. He's got his tight ends. The running game is purring, but his accuracy is all over the place. You know, maybe there's an injury or something. You know, what do we do there? Yeah, then I, then I can see, you know, possibly saying, okay, maybe you start thinking about giving, you know, Davis Webb or Kyla Walletter or if he makes the roster, Alex Tanny, uh, some opportunities. But I really believe that as long as the Giants are in the mix, they believe that Eli Manning gives them the best chance to win. And is Eli going to have a, uh, an outstanding game every single week? Probably not. I mean, he's going he's gonna to have his ups and downs just like everybody else does. But um, I think you have to look at the circumstances and really determine whether or not that warrants, um, you know, pulling him out and putting him on the bench. And I just have a feeling that, you know, it's just not going to happen regardless. I'd, I'd be stunned, especially after, you know, what happened last year and, you know, the, the big fallout. And, you know, I understand that the – the, the handling of it last year was a lot different, and it wasn't handled properly. But I would be surprised if, if even if the Giants are struggling a little bit, if Eli is the fall guy there. So, all right, Giant fans. So that concludes the questions that that uh, I received, so, and hence concludes my segment of the show. Now let's take a quick break, and then we will be joined by Ed with his answers. Okay, Giants fans, you've heard Pat's answers to our Twitter Thursday mailbag questions. Now it's my turn. All right, so we will get started. We'll go down the list here. Uh, Rob's question was, as far as cornerback depth goes, do you guys, who do you guys have as starters, second team, and third team? Rob, I would say this. Uh, it looks like William Gay is the favorite right now to be the slot corner. I would consider him a third starter. Beyond those three, uh, your guess is as good as mine at this point. Uh, I think there's a wide open competition. The Giants have brought in a lot of guys, you know, some veteran players, a couple of undrafted free agents in uh, Aaron Davis and Grant Haley. Um, you know, both of those guys have had their moments. At this point, I think it's anybody's guess as to how that shakes out. Uh, I will say I was a little bit surprised, perhaps, that uh, that the Giants didn't draft a cornerback. But we will see. Uh, we will see how it shakes out. I think we won't really know the answer to that until we see the preseason games. Uh, so at this point, it's it's pretty much impossible to even hazard a guess. Our second question, Left asks via Twitter, how will Pat Shermer deploy the offense with an aging quarterback and average at best offensive line? You know, I think that, uh, that it's difficult to say at this point exactly what the offense is going to look like. Um, 
I think that we're seeing more um, more multiplicity, more guys moving around uh, so far than, than what we saw, you know, with the Ben McAdoo system. To be honest with you, you know, Eli Manning in the practices we've seen, Eli has thrown the ball very well. And I'm not sure at this point that I would call the, the offensive line average at best. I think that this offensive line has the potential to be better than what we've seen from the Giants in the past couple of years. I know that Nate Solder is a good but not great left tackle, but he's an improvement over what the Giants had on that side in Eric Flowers. And I think, uh, you know, for me, I'm optimistic that that unit will play well. Um, the one thing I will say about the offense is that I think we'll just see, you know, more uh, in terms of guys moving around. We'll see different use of personnel and we'll see a somewhat different playbook uh, with a little bit more uh, downfield vertical look to the offense and uh, something to look forward to. I think the Giants will have an improved offense in 2018. Pay Odell asks another question about the secondary. Outside of Collins, Apple, and Jenkins, what's the secondary looking like? Um, what I will say again is, you know, at cornerback, I think you have a jumble of guys who... Um, who will be competing for spots at cornerback. I had the opportunity to speak to William Gay, the veteran the Giants signed from the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's a very impressive individual. He's played well so far, you know, throughout the OTAs. He is 33. We'll see as things unfold how much he has left in the tank, how well he holds up. But it looks like the Giants are counting on him. One of the things that I've said previously in terms of the secondary is that I'm very interested to see who ends up playing next to Landon Collins at safety and how that competition for roster spots shakes out. I think that, uh, you know, last year the job was pretty much handed to Darian Thompson. I don't think that's going to be the case this year. I think there's a competition there between Thompson Andrew Adams, perhaps Michael Thomas. There's a good fight for roster spots, you know, between some of the uh, the younger players uh, who are behind those guys as well. James Burns wants to know honest expectations for Eli Manning this year. Has he got a 4,500 yard, 30 TD season left? James, I don't know that I want to put numbers on it, but I wouldn't be surprised at all uh, with the uh, the caliber of, of offensive players he's got around him if Eli Manning has at least a 4,000-yard season left in him. I think that, that what we've seen so far is that Manning is throwing the ball very nicely. Uh, obviously, it's still springtime. We'll have to see, you know, how how he holds up, you know, throughout the season, and how he's throwing the ball in in November and December, you know, in the windy sort of Meadowlands kind of weather. But I think Eli Manning, and admittedly, 
you know, I have been a backer of Manning's over the years when a lot of other people have have been, you know, downgrading or criticizing Eli. I think Eli Manning can function very well in this offense, you know, with Saquon Barkley in the backfield and also as a receiving weapon. One of the underrated things with Eli is the work he does at the line of scrimmage. And now with Barkley in the backfield, Evan Ingram, Odell Beckham, Sterling Shepard to throw the ball to, even Barkley to throw the ball to, I think that uh, the options he has and his ability to identify the right play at the line of scrimmage is going to serve the Giants very well on offense. Zach Smilovitz asks, um, I know you've touched on this, but how will the linebacker rotation work? Uh, Zach, what it looks like right now is Vernon at one end. You have Kareem Martin, uh, the free agent signee from Arizona, on the other side probably competing with third-round pick Lorenzo Carter. You have B.J. Goodson and Alec Ogletree uh, in the middle. And, and that pretty much is going to be your uh, your primary, you know, five when it comes to linebackers. Dylan Stoss wants to know if if we think that the Giants will be interested in uh, Western Michigan cornerback Sam Beal, who is uh, applying to uh, to enter the NFL supplemental draft. Dylan, I think that's a good question. I think the Giants could still use some cornerback depth. I haven't studied Beal an awful lot, to be honest with you. you know, one of the difficulties about the supplemental draft is that you're bringing a guy into your program pretty late. You know, A young player who has a lot to learn, you're bringing him in really late in terms of uh, you know having missed a rookie minicamp, having missed all of OTAs, you're asking him to, to cram and learn in a very short period of time. And a player like this is a guy that you probably aren't going to get a lot of help from in 2018. So you have to decide if he's a guy that you want to give a roster spot to in 2018 and you also have to decide if you're willing to give up a draft choice in the upcoming draft because for example if you if you determine that he's a third round pick and you're awarded the player you lose your third round pick in the upcoming draft so i think that beal is a guy worth studying but i'm not sure uh, I wouldn't really expect the Giants to, to make a move in that direction. Peter Moeller asks about uh, James Betcher's defensive scheme and inside linebackers. You know, it's, it's Alec Ogletree, it's B.J. Goodson. In terms of scheme, I just don't think we've seen enough yet with these guys in in shorts and t-shirts um, to really tell you exactly how these guys are going to be used 
Uh, Peter also asks about the Dion Buchanan role uh, from Arizona, which I think a lot of people think uh, could be filled by Landon Collins. We really haven't seen enough of Collins yet, you know, coming back off the forearm injury to know exactly how Betcher will use him. So for me, this is a really difficult uh, question to uh, to answer in terms of how these guys are going to be used. I'm very interested to see how the relationship between Ogletree and Goodson develops simply because, you know, Goodson was looked at as the guy who would be the Mike last year, the signal caller. That looks like it will be Ogletree this year. And I think it's going to be very interesting to see how the relationship, how the chemistry develops between those two players. George Billick asks, how does Davis Webb compare so far in what you have seen to Ryan Nassib? George, for me, I'm not 100% convinced at this point that Davis Webb is the future at quarterback for the Giants. I think that, uh, you know, the Giants drafted Kyle Lalletta for a reason. They're not going to just throw away a fourth-round pick. Right now, you know, if Eli Manning went down tomorrow, Davis Webb would be the guy. Uh, It's too early for Lawletta. He's clearly behind Webb, you know, in the competition at this point. It can't be underrated that, that Webb has had a year, you know, in an NFL system, in an NFL locker room. He's had a year to learn from Eli Manning. In terms purely of Davis Webb versus Ryan Nassib, to be honest with you, I'm, I think that Webb is a superior player. I never understood what the Giants were thinking uh, with Ryan Nassib in terms of why they traded up to, to select him, why they would give up draft choices, you know, rather than simply select a player at, you know, in the fourth round in that particular draft who could actually get on the field. I never really understood, you know, selecting a guy who they really hoped they would never have to use. So, you know, we see that after Nassib left the Giants, he's had a couple of, uh, you know, a couple of tryouts, a couple of, of brief stints in some places trying to make a roster and hasn't been able to do that. I think that Davis Webb is clearly a better prospect because Webb is a guy who, whether he's a starter or not long term, you know, whether he's a franchise caliber quarterback, Webb is a guy who has a future in this league. And so I I think I feel much better about Davis Webb than I ever did about Ryan Nassib. KP asks, how has Sean Chandler looked at OTAs? KP, uh, Sean flashed early in an OTA. I think he had one really nice interception. We haven't really seen a whole lot or heard much, you know, from him the last uh, couple of times that we've had access. You know, of course, uh, media does not have access every single day. What we do know is that head coach Pat Shermer has been complimentary about Chandler's work, about his uh, about his play. You know, and and we see, 
as I've said in, you know, in answer to other questions, there's a jumble when it comes to you know the competition for safety spots. He's in that mix. We'll have to see what happens. We get to preseason games, see if he can make some plays on special teams, see if he can contribute there. You know, my guess is that a guy like Chandler is probably more likely, you know, headed to the practice squad than to the 53-man roster. But anything can happen, you know, once we get to a training camp in the preseason. Eric Warden wants to know, um, he says, even though he has full faith that Eli Manning will have a bounce-back year, um, if we're in charge of the Giants, you know, at what point do we start thinking about looking at younger guys? You know, should Manning or the Giants struggle? Eric, I think that, you know, you go back to last year, and it's kind of water under the bridge. It doesn't really matter anymore, but the Giants made a mistake, you know, in not giving Davis Webb at least a little bit of playing time to see what they had uh, to give him some experience, you know, as as the season went down the drain. I think that, you know, hopefully the Giants won't be in that situation this year, but I do think that if you get into that situation where you're a three or four win team, you know, where the season is lost, uh, you have to give Davis Webb, you know, perhaps Kyle Loletta if he's ready. You have to give these guys some snaps. I don't know exactly when you would pull that trigger because I think you have to let the season play out. But I think that if if the season, you know, again goes down the drain, if you're not going to make the playoffs, you get to those last couple of games, I think... I think it's it's beneficial for the franchise, you know, at this point for for those guys to play. I mean, you know, say what you want about it, but Eli's, you know, consecutive game streak is really no longer part of the equation. You know, I don't like how that all went down last year. It simply shouldn't have happened the way that it happened. Uh but it's not part of the equation any longer. So I think that looking to the future the Giants, if they're in that spot, you know, really have to give Webb and Lalletta an opportunity, you know, to gain some NFL playing experience. All right, Giants fans, we hope you've enjoyed our, our Twitter Thursday. A little different format with Pat answering questions and, and then uh, me answering questions. So we will be back with you again soon. Thank you, as always, for listening, and bye-bye now.